Hello and welcome to the IFSEC Insider Security in Focus podcast, where we bring you exclusive interviews with leading figures in the physical security industry to get to the heart of the profession. Welcome to episode 17 of the IFSEC Insider podcast, where we'll be exploring the challenging world of securing critical national infrastructure, or CNI as it is often referred to. For context, think utility sites such as energy, power and water treatment plants, defence and communication sites, and even potentially major transport hubs. While there are distinct challenges in each environment, as we'll hear throughout this episode, the overall trends of securing them really transcend those sectors. We'll hear more about key developments impacting the wider CNI sector, and in particular its efforts to move towards a more digitised security environment. Today, we're joined by two experts in the sector. Stephen Horner is a security advisor and consultant delivering specialist security expertise to CNI applications in the UK and internationally. The challenge is is that each critical national infrastructure has its own set of specific and tailored security needs and measures. Steve Wintle, meanwhile, is head of critical national infrastructure for Abloy UK. There is a trend towards keyless because it's seen as convenient, but what is forgotten that you still need to manage it. You might not have something in your hand in the same way that you've, you've typically had in the past, but someone still has to manage it. Look, there's lots on the agenda today, in particular around digital transformation and its impact on integration and convergence in security. Though, as our guests explain, this is by no means straightforward. First, a message from our sponsor for this episode. Today's sponsor, Asa Abloy Global Solutions, is a beacon of security in critical infrastructure. With tailored solutions and a customer-centric focus, they are working to secure utilities, telco, mining, petrochemical and transportation companies to make our everyday life smoother and safer. In an exciting development, Asa Abloy recently acquired Alcea, a French manufacturer renowned for high-quality digital security solutions. This strategic acquisition has bolstered Asa Abloy's standing as a comprehensive solutions provider in the critical infrastructure industry. In their portfolio, you can meet Alwin, the modular software designed to protect critical infrastructure and its business applications. Access control with different kinds of credentials, video and subcontractor management, as well as key management, is the way forward for securing remote critical infrastructure sites. Trust Asa Abloy Global Solutions for top-notch security. Explore their solutions today. Right, let's get to the reason we're all here and find out more about the challenges of securing critical national infrastructure. I'll let the two Steves introduce themselves first. Steve Horner from Horner International Consultancy. We've dealt across uh, UK, Europe, and in fact, the rest of the world, a lot of international projects on critical national infrastructure. So looking at policy and compliance issues and how to better secure uh, some of those facilities. So Steve Wintle, uh, I head up the critical infrastructure team for Abloy in the UK. Been in the security industry for best part of 28 years now, and most of that has been focused towards critical infrastructure. So critical infrastructure for us is predominantly the water, energy, telecoms and and transport sectors. Perfect. Thank you both. And for reference to listeners, I won't use the full names for the rest of the episode. I'll be going Steve H and Steve W just so we can differentiate. 
nice for you to set the scene there, Steve W. Thank you for that. And and Steve H, would you would you agree on mo- on that sort of broader definition of of what we're talking about here? What what defines critical national infrastructure? Definitely, by definition, critical national infrastructure. It's uh, it's critical services that's provided to us by utility and port infrastructure operators. So um, you know things like gas, electric, water, oil, telecoms, airports, seaports. So these. Uh, they are critical to the UK, as they are in other countries, and these services are delivered um, to us in the main by existing infrastructure, so large site facilities, pipelines, reservoirs, storage facilities, and so on. And I think the the challenge is, is that each national infrastructure, critical national infrastructure, has its own set of specific and tailored security needs and measures in which to protect the the asset, which really is about ultimately the um, the utility companies and so on being able to provide their service to us uh, is something that's uh, high on the uh, high in the country's priority in terms of security. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for reference here, we're going to be talking relatively holistically. I think if we if we get into the, each each the, diff- the different challenges that each one uh, has to combat, it's you know we, we could be here for for days, but. Um, Yes. I think I think importantly we're talking more broadly here about some of the key yeah. threats that the, 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 that they're facing. Um, but that's great that would set the scene for for what we're really talking about today. Um, Steve H, just sticking with you for for a second. What are your experiences with the with the state of physical security in critical national infrastructure facilities at the moment? Again, broadly speaking, um, in general, the because it's because it's established infrastructure. Uh, in a sense, old infrastructure. What what we're seeing is uh, these sites have have longevity. So, in that sense, a lot of the um, physical security and the technology used is what you would call old style or legacy type systems. You know, so uh, I think requiring some upgrading and updating right across the country. So it is uh, there are plans afoot, uh, and some organisations are moving forward. But uh, often uh, they're moving forward at different pace. And is is that focused on the you know is that UK centric or is that a, a broader kind of um, what you're seeing across different countries and different regions? I think it includes the UK uh, for sure. I mean, there are, there are a number of reasons for that, um, not necessarily just constraints. But I think uh, I think a lot of it's mindset and funding. I mean, there, there's there's many things that we'll probably go into later in the discussion. But uh, but yes, I think it, it's a, it's a general rule of the film. We're, we're seeing that, but we are seeing some movement in that. Okay, um, and there's there's a bit of an uptake in in the understanding of, of needing to uh, upgrade legacy systems. I suppose, aside from the legacy challenges, um, the security faces. What would you say the the biggest challenge that the critical national infrastructure sites face uh, when it comes to security? What's their what's probably the biggest threat that they face? Do you think there are a number? I think the the top priority is risk. Obviously, the the UK threat level is subject to change. Uh, which is currently at substantial, so uh, they've got to try and keep in step with that and and, and manage that uh, risk and expectation. Also, the strategy, the UK government strategies, uh, is subject to change as well. So obviously, we've got the heightened level of security. But um, I think also in practical terms, you've got the workplace. You've got a change in landscape of of the workplace, so you're trying to manage uh, a number of uh, aspects there. You know. 
employees, temporary employees, visitors, contractors, things like this, because these are generally big and can be uh, fairly remote sites. So it's um, it's a challenge. And I think one of the other big challenges is that the the security umbrella, as it were, if you look at it that way, has got broader. So it's taken on more responsibility. So it's it's not just security, it's health, safety, security and environmental. So there's a number of aspects there. Yeah, like, like many things in, in security, it seems to be it's not it's not just about security anymore. It's, it's an all encompassing challenge, really. To bring Steve Steve W in here, uh, what what are your perceptions on this? On what are your perceptions of, of the challenges the critical national infrastructure face today? And maybe thinking further ahead, what's to come? I suppose. Yeah, I very much agree with what Steve uh, Steve H has uh, has just said, and um, I think sometimes uh, security is uh, a bit of a begrudged need or begrudged purchase, because sometimes I think we forget that these utilities they're there to you know, produce clean water, provide energy. That's their main role. So the last thing they need to be having to think about is having to secure sites. Unfortunately, we have to do that because the folk out there that want to cause disruption or or steal things or whatever. So it's a it's a bit of a begrudged purchase. So it's it's I think certainly for us as a manufacturer, it's trying to ensure that whatever we're designing, manufacturing, providing is not just providing the level of security that's required for that particular site or, or criticality, but also that it's assisting in some way as best we can with the operational, uh, you know, the operation of the business to allow allow them to do what they're good at. Hopefully to the level that means that you and I, the general public, we just take it for granted, which I think in most cases we do. It's trying, as I say, to take into account how the business is operating and trying to ensure that we're not causing too much disruption to that and the efficiency of it, whilst at the same time providing the levels of security. And in some cases now, you know, we're bringing in operational efficiencies through some of the technologies. Yeah, that's a good point there. Obviously, security's role in many organisations is, is, is often to allow the, the business to carry on uh, running and operating uh, as, as efficiently as possible without without being disrupted by the security implications, right? Mm. But I think what we're now seeing, security is now actively contributing to a business operating more efficiently and, and becoming more streamlined. From your perspective of a, of a supplier, I suppose, a manufacturer in, in, uh, who's supplying the, the CNI sector, what would you say, is there any main, is there a main trend maybe that you're seeing in requirements when obviously Steve Hayes talked about legacy systems and looking to upgrade? Is there, are there, is there any kind of key trend that you're seeing that people are looking for, that security directors and managers are looking for? Yeah, I think I, I would say that they're looking for that convenience. So businesses, and because technology has moved on, they like the idea, let's say, of having keyless solutions. Now, there is absolutely a benefit for keyless in some parts, and especially that those sites that have had hot visitors or, or you know have shared sites where you might have telecoms, water, energy, all on the same site, all have their own engineers, all wanting to have access. And issuing keys can be a challenge, uh, and I can understand that. And that's where keyless can kind of come into its own. But keyless, I don't think, is the answer to everything. You know, a, a key, a physical key, whether it be a mechanical or an electromechanical, because, the, the, you know, there are solutions that you can control a physical key as to what it can do and, and provide audits of where that key's been, what it's been doing and so on. 
it still has a very practical use. So, you know, I'd, I would say there is a trend towards keyless because it's seen as convenient. But what I think is forgotten that you still need to manage it. You might not have something in your hand in the same way that you've, you've typically had in the past, but someone still has to manage it or you need to bring in some auto, a level of automation, which means integrating with third party systems like permit to work and, and compliance and training and so on. We're not at that point yet. I think that's uh, a lot of businesses would like to go down that route. I don't think they properly understand what they want to try and achieve from it. Mm. But, you know, that's I would say that's the way it's moving. But I think it's still it's still very much in its infancy. And, you know, as as we all appreciate, technology is moving on and moving on quite rapidly in some in some cases. We've seen this happen in various formats. And I think certain verticals, certain markets are, again, always going to be slightly ahead of the game. And CNI mm. is obviously a, a, an area where it's, it's highly secure. It has to be highly secure. It's yeah. critical yeah. for the for the operation. It's it's critical for, as I mean, we're calling it critical national infrastructure. It's it's <laughs> it's critical for 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 for, uh, for countries to run efficiently and for Absolutely. as you say, people to get clean health, uh, clean water, the energy that they need. Steve H, bring you back in here a little bit. What do you think the challenges are of of moving? towards that digitization process in the, in the CNI sector in particular? There's a number of aspects. I, th- I think one is the actual transition. I mean, what you have, if, if, we, if we just take a step back on this slightly, is currently, if you're looking at the legacy systems, so you're going from the, the old to digital systems, you know, analog to IP, as they would call it, so technical, digital, uh, there's fear factors there because, you know, what's the impact on the business to to transition. Uh, I think that's one of the big issues. The second question is, well, how much is it going to cost me? And then the third issue is often, but what we've got, if it works okay, if it isn't broken, why fix it? And I think what you have there, the, the, there's two elements. Where you have the older style systems, they're often siloed systems. So what that means is, is that each system access control or a CCTV or intruder or perimeter detection, they're managed separately. So the operators are managing multiple systems at one time, which is difficult and costly. But I think to bring those systems together, to digitize them, to integrate them in this what is a converging world now, is a big step for a lot of organizations because as Steve quite rightly said, well, what's the impact? What's the disruption to our workflow, how are we going to do that? How are we going to maintain security whilst we're actually trying to upgrade? So there's a number of challenges there. And I think a lot of it comes down to fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the transition, fear of the cost. And I think that's where organizations of people uh, like Steve W and myself and others, we have to take a very, um, if you will, a consultative type approach to sort of explain what can happen? You know, what's the uh, what's the positive effects of going down that line? And it's about creating a solution. And I think this is where one of the bigger challenges is trying to bring all these key decision makers within an organisation, especially critical national infrastructure. There are so many stakeholders, bringing them together, and to try and explain all the multiple benefits and aspects and how to improve operational efficiency and. Their big challenges, every one of those key stakeholders around the table, their question would be, well, what's in it for me? How's it going to improve my world? So you, you've got to have a number of answers available to show 
the positive impacts and how that also that transition can be managed. So what it requires is experience. And uh, I think these are some of the challenges. And I know Steve will on a, a day to day basis. Uh, these are the meetings that we go into day in, day out and have done for many years. <laughs> and I think I think that challenge will 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 keep going. You know, and, and it's a game of leapfrog. The more you explain, the more you show the benefits. When when everybody starts to appreciate and understand, then what happens is you get more buy-in. So once you start to get more buy-in or more understanding or greater understanding, then all of a sudden the CNI organizations start to look at wish lists. Well, if you can do that, could you do this? Could you do the other? And this is where you you start to then tailor solutions. And obviously it's you know, it starts to expand across the workforce and the workplace and starts to incorporate or can incorporate health, safety, security and environmental as this, as we said, this umbrella is getting bigger and bigger. And it's about it's about explaining how to improve, you know, their operational efficiency and make things more event driven as opposed to waiting for something to happen. Yeah. So th- there's, a, there's a bigger there's a bigger story there for sure. Yeah, it sounds almost like a domino effect. It's once they've they've kind of got that part and and how that that, that digitization or whatever it might be can can impact them uh, for the for the benefits. Then it's like, oh, and can we do this? And then can we do that? And then it, it becomes a, a bigger it grows into the bigger picture, I suppose. You're quite right, and I think what then happens is this is where the fear factor can kick back in because it dawns on them, you, you know, a lot of the guys, what else can be done? But then what happens is this looks like a huge undertaking and that's where the fear factor kicks back in and they think, oh my goodness, you know what, uh, this is going to be massive. But I think what we've got to do is then bring them back down to the start point to say, look, but within this, this is a roadmap we're creating here for you. And we can take a very staged or phased approach towards this. And it's how we manage that process. And that's where then it's about it's about working with them. It's about being a part of their project team, about their being a part of their think tank as to how we can best help them and to manage this process and uh, taking that phased approach. And I think then that's where you start to get the greater understanding from the clients and the buy-in to see that they can see all of the consumer benefits. And it's like, yeah, we're going to create a roadmap here. So I think one of the things within critical national infrastructure is it's not always about a quick fix. It's about working alongside them and taking a, a staged approach. Also looking at other things that affect this. Again, UK uh, threat levels, security threat levels, policy and compliance, their workflow process. So it's it can be very complex, but I think it's about working closer with these guys and, and, and taking that sort of approach with them. Hi there, listeners. We'll be back with the rest of the interview in a minute, where we'll get into the details of ensuring digital solutions are cyber secure, as well as how physical and cyber are really converging and working together in this CNI environment now. But first, having mentioned at the start of the episode about today's sponsor, Asa Abloy Global Solutions acquisition of Alsea, we find a little more about the acquisition from Steve Wintle. Alsea is, is a recent acquisition by uh, the, the Asa Abloy Group. They've been acquired predominantly targeting to add uh, additional value to the systems and solutions that we offer into the CNI sectors. So they've got some quite interesting solutions that will bring a level of integration that we feel that we've probably been missing. It's feeding into that operational efficiency and a level of automation that 
can add value to existing solutions. So it's something that can benefit our existing customers that have already moved, made that, that digital transformation. Those customers who are looking to move towards a, a digital type solutions, we've now got basically more in, in our solutions bag that can bring additional value to a customer's operations. And whilst offering a, a broader security offer as well. It's still early days. We're still learning everything that's available to us or everything that Alsea can offer. But certainly what we've seen so far, you know, there's some really interesting benefits and and solutions that uh, I think customers will be quite excited by. Good stuff. So let's get back to the discussion, shall we? Shortly, we'll hear about digital transformation and how doing so can support in meeting regulatory standards, for instance. But we kick off the second half by asking our guests what advice they have for those who are looking to upgrade towards a more digital and integrated security environment. Often businesses look at, well, if we're going to do this, then we're going to do it big and and, and then, you know, it all starts to escalate and the cost goes up and so on, which, it, you know, it would over time. But I think if you do this, if you look at it as a pragmatic approach of, of you know, what are the, the essentials that we need to do right now, then, it, it, you know, it can be far easier to implement into the business it allows people to adjust it allows the operations to find a a new way of working that hopefully doesn't cause disruption actually starts to improve operations and then you can start to build on it um and and by it then by using the solution you know as as it was described earlier then you start to realize oh if we did this then this can bring a real benefit we can bring some real health and safety benefits into this we can add uh you know we're looking to reduce our uh, our operational costs well actually bringing efficiencies by by doing xyz all this can contribute and it's it starts to then pay for itself so rather than it being uh you know a massive cost it actually starts to produce savings within operations so uh, you know very much that i would say always encourage yes look at the big picture but start with baby steps because you know it's something that you'll probably find you need to tweak uh, to suit the way you work or way the business works to get the best out of it and and one thing that we're we're trying to encourage businesses to do is once they've adopted a solution is let's review it at, at the very least on an annual basis we want to make sure that they're getting the best out of whatever solution we've 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 provided you know, and I'm sure they do as well. And there's there's lessons to be learned on, on both sides. So it allows us as, as the as the manufacturer to understand their business better. That can lead then to developing the product in a, in a particular way that brings even more benefit. And we're trying to make sure that, as I say, they're getting the best out of the solution. It's not it's not just providing them with a new master key system or, a, you know, a new access control system or whatever. It, it's making sure that they're getting real value out of it. It's interesting to hear you, hear you talk from a from a supplier perspective. It is it, it it sounds like it's moved very much away from the traditional box selling, product selling yes. kind of solution. It's becoming more of a service uh, software uh, sort of longer term uh, sort of discussion, I suppose. Absolutely. You know, I think one thing I would say we we have learned is that it's very much about the relationship with the client. And it's absolutely not a box shifting exercise. You know, it's about selecting the right the right solution for the right application for the right client and then staying with it. So we're there to support it. And as I say, we one thing that I'm quite keen on us doing more of 
is spending time with a client afterwards and, re mm -hmm. and reviewing it and, and carrying a, a collective review so that um, continues to provide what the customer expectations are. And if not, we're there to try and make sure it does so we can tweak it. I think, you know, talk about kind of constantly reviewing and things like this, and I'm, I'm aware, you know, we don't want to go too much into detail on, on certain case studies because um, it's, it's a highly secure environment mm. and we, we can't do that. But are there any examples off the top of your head where you've seen this happen, where you've seen this consultative approach work mm. and they're beginning to, and they're now in that journey of, of actually really beginning to see some operational efficiencies from, from yeah. digitizing or from upgrading their, their kind of legacy systems? Yeah, so we, we had one client in particular who, um, so the solution is provided as a software as a service. So it's a physical security product um, that uses electromechanical technology. So we're able to control the access rights of a key and provide audits of where the keys and who's using that key and when they're using it and all that, all those kind of bits of data. But when we when we carried out the review, we discovered that effectively all, all the clients had done was given access to everything for everyone. You know, so it was no better than having it all keyed the same way in, in, in a mechanical, an old mechanical system. And we said, you know, this has cost you a lot of money and you're not by any means getting the best out of this. So let's show you, let's go back and show you how you can narrow this right down. You know, you don't, this guy over here who's cutting the grass doesn't need to have access to everything. All he needs to have access to is the front gate, you know, and simple things like that. And then, then they started to really get it. I guess that's something that we need to be conscious of, that we shouldn't assume that because we've shown them and, and we've talked about it, that they know how to do it. So again, mm -hmm. it comes back to this consultative approach and, and if we need to hold a hand, you know, for, for a long period of time, then then let's do that. Because again, it's making sure that they're getting the best out of the solution. And maybe some of the responsibilities on us as well, that we didn't ensure that the way when when it was being set up originally, that would those things were taken into consideration so you know it's a bit of learning on both sides but you know that's where we've again brought benefit and value hopefully to the client that now the system's now working better they're able to work better they've got far better control uh, than they had and they can provide that to the regulator if the regulator comes knocking on the door and said right prove to me who's got access to what there's the report yeah that's that's really interesting and it, and, and we we talk a lot about digital transformation and you use that you know use that kind of terminology but which which often refers to products right or, or the or the systems that are being used the technology that's being used i think it's also a journey for for personnel um yeah it's not it's not just about Absolutely. digitally transforming the, the, the solutions that they're using they have to educate themselves they have to understand how this all works and, and steve h is, is this something you're seeing as well if that's i guess from your consultancy perspective that's something you really have to get on board with and, and work with the client on digitally transforming not just their technology but also their kind of understanding of it and, and the benefits of it 100 percent. you know it, it it's mindset it's a journey so i think you're quite right you know what steve explained there is is typical of a cni environment because when you look at these environments they are large complex environments with large scale workforces and those workforces are moving around 24 7 you know to support us the British public uh, with the service that they provide it's a 24 7 365 day a year operation so the one time that the, the one thing that they're short on is time to give you to explain to them the greater benefits of the system I mean it's like buying any technology even in your home you know you can buy a PC or a TV 
and use use it for certain functions but it's probably got a hundred or if not a thousand other functions that you're not even aware of and you find that with technology and technological systems and especially security they've, they've always got a greater capability than what they're initially used for but that's our job as a consultant and steve as a supplier to say a uh, supplier manufacturer to say right within that roadmap and within this technology and the system that you're investing in day one this is what it can do for you mm -hmm. but day two and day three and beyond that it's here are the other greater benefits and what what these are these are tools that the business can utilize because it's all about accountability and traceability and being able to audit the systems and being able to draw information at the click of a button and apply or deny access to individuals groups of individuals and so on as an example so i think the the approach that we take is we look and i'm talking collectively now between myself and steve is that um it's a long-term partnership and i think i think that's the real key to this excuse the pun but it's the um it is a partnership and they they look at they look towards you they say if we're buying into the system we're buying into you as well so we want you to be like our chief advisor and that's where you walk them and talk them through the system over time and all the all the further benefits and what else they can you know what what other features and that can be used and to what effect that will help the business yeah absolutely and there's obviously lots of opportunities and lots of benefits available the other side is there's a concern i suppose especially with cni sites and we've seen this with um examples in the us i believe and um with, with the water plant i think last year there's the cyber security side of things right mm -hmm. everybody's thinking about it everybody's talking about it and the physical security infrastructure is just as important still you, you can't be cyber secure if your physical security isn't it you know isn't in existence because people can just walk into your building and, and put in a um a hard disk drive or whatever they want to do but there's also now those, those remote cyber challenges where we're obviously generally in the physical security sector here there's the electronic side but but steve h is, is this something you're having to factor in uh, when talking to clients is this something that you're whether you're talking to cyber and it teams as well as physical teams now absolutely and and this is the interesting thing this is well it, it's a converging world so again the people around the table the key stakeholders are physical and um you know logical security people so cyber and physical people and you're quite right uh, the other thing is as well as a as a part of that it's you may have to create a separate infrastructure to transport that security information on as in a separate network or it can be software as a service so less hardware but more cloud-based solutions but the cyber guys are right on top of this they have to be and this is where the physical and the cyber people come together and they will actually look at especially when they're seeing an environment they will be part of the decision process to say yeah we like the solution yeah it does what it says on the tin however is it for example is that caps approved which is a cyber assurance which again is a criteria uh, within a lot of cni uh, and this is why the uh, organizations look towards certain types of technologies by certain types of manufacturers from certain countries so you know it's it's all about that assurance it's about the fact that uh, it's it's encrypted it's an encrypted solution 
it does what it says, but there's various levels of security because security now, you've got to take a very layered approach. So there's a number of aspects. So again, the discussion's getting bigger and broader and with depth. You know, they really want to know the ins and outs of this. So this is where even the supplier manufacturers as well, their teams are growing because they don't just need physical people. They need IT people and cyber people to understand this. So again, the counterparts from the organizations can speak on a deeper uh, deeper level, uh, level uh, when when and where necessary. Yeah, it's, it's Steve W, I guess that is that something that you're seeing as well? You're being asked more um, about cyber credentials. You know, you would never have been asked that as a traditional kind of lock supplier. Is this the physical side? There's no attachment to a network or anything like that, I guess. What would be your advice to security managers and directors and CNI sites, but also, you know, elsewhere in, in other sectors? about what, what they should be asking from their from, from their potential partners. Absolutely. The cyber side uh, is undoubtedly grown and, and, and quite rightly so because the concerns and we've seen evidence in the news of various cyber attacks and how that might affect. And there's, I'm sure there's lots of others that we don't get to hear about as well. So I guess as a manufacturer supplier, then certainly I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm working for one that has spent that length of time in these sectors so has grown up with and developed solutions with that in mind that we need to have this from day one there's no point in developing something then oh oh all, all of a sudden we've got to start redeveloping it or tweaking it to, to make it fit so these standards you know we're well aware of and i'd like to think that we're at the forefront of, of some of these technology developments and and taking into account the cyber risks and the cyber credentials that we need to have and the solution needs to have. But I would also say that it comes also down to individuals. So the risk is there is also a risk of especially the use of social media to use businesses like ourselves to get access to our customers who are CNI customers. And it, it, it's something that, you know, I, I sort of was made aware of probably about 10 years ago. So we've been very, very conscious of that within our within our business and 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 certainly that my team are you know it's something that we constantly repeat about really being aware of your online presence and what you're doing online whether it be private or or business related because you know that is also a risk that you need to be conscious of it's not just about the product you're supplying or the solution you're supplying and and the credentials that you might have because there is a back door to this which could potentially be your, your you know your social presence but it also comes back to the mentioning the back door that you know if you're not securing physically securing your assets and because you know some of these can be connected through a network then by physically not securing it, that's also the backdoor access into a network. So there's a very broad spectrum that you have to take into account. And it's not just the product. It's, you know, a much bigger thing than that, including ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, say the back door, it could almost be, very much be the front door, the, yeah. <laughs> literally the front door, um, people walking straight through. Yeah. We've, we've discussed loads and there's lots um, more we could discuss, I'm sure. But I think um, to, to sort of for final thoughts, um, I'll stay with you, Steve W, for now. Um, what do you think is going to be the number one key security trend in 2024 for critical national infrastructure sites? I think it's some of it will be uh, still dealing with that legacy transition. So as we, we started earlier, the UK has got a lot of legacy systems that need to be transitioned. I would also say that 
those that have already made that transition, then I would say probably moving towards more integration. I think there's been a lot of talk about it for quite a number of years now, I would say. But I think we're getting to the point where if we are going to start delivering operational efficiencies, then we need to start and do more integration. So it's trying to, it's being able to demonstrate that we can do this in a secure manner and the benefits will will outweigh the risks and those risks can be managed. So I, I would say, I think for me, I, I think we'll see a lot more integration uh, and trying to achieve more operational benefits out of out of these types of solutions. Fantastic. And same question for you, Steve H. Totally agree with Steve. Um, it's about, as opposed to interfacing, it's more about integration. And I'm talking true integration. Mm. So moving away from siloed legacy type systems to uh, more converged solutions. And and people have got to picture the the operation of this, a, a, a control room, a commander control room. You can imagine where you've got single or multiple sites. What CNI clients are looking to do now is to bring all of these site security measures under one umbrella. So integration is a huge thing. It's complex. Uh, and, and I think uh, companies like Steve's and Abloy and people like this, because they've they've got longevity in the security industry, they understand how complex it is, what the real measures are. I'm seeing this with a lot of the clients where they're saying, okay, we get the concept now, we understand the solutions. How do we get there? You know, can you help us to get where we need to be? So again, you've got to create this roadmap, but it's, a, it's about integration is the big thing. Uh, software as a service is another thing that organizations are looking towards, which is a managed service. So again, it's putting the onus back on organizations like Steve's where they say, well, because we've got such a big operation, can you manage part of this for us? And that can be done through uh, SaaS model software as a service. So I think integration and cloud-based solutions is where it's heading. Well, I hope you found that as interesting as I did. There is no doubt that securing critical national infrastructure is imperative. I think we all know that. But as both Steve's explained, security is often viewed as a disruptor to the delivery of such crucial services, be it water, power, or something else. So if the security team can reduce pain points, this is bound to be viewed well by the rest of the organization. I think actually one of the key takeaways from this discussion for me was that upgrading to digital technology can actually enable security to go a step further than this and actively contribute to other areas of the business. Another clear trend appears to be that the new digital technologies being adopted, like all of those we discussed in that episode, and this isn't just in the CNI sector by the way, are really paving the way for a more joined up approach to security. They will feed into a centralized platform and this has clear benefits, especially for security managers and directors who need a holistic centralized platform to look at all the different data points and increasingly generate actionable insights and alerts into any potential security threats. Finally, it is really clear to me that the CNI sector faces many challenges when upgrading from legacy systems, as we talked about at the start of the discussion. But a key part of this isn't just about the technology being adopted and bought in, but it's also about upskilling personnel to use and adapt and crucially to understand new ways of working. As we heard in episode 14 from Vanti, digital transformation is more than just about bringing in new devices and new products, 
but it's also about bringing the people along in the journey with you as well. I'll leave you with those thoughts as that is all from this episode of the Security in Focus podcast. As always, huge thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please do like, share and subscribe to the podcast and welcome to any new listeners. This has been a podcast from If Second Cider. Don't forget to follow us on all of the social media platforms you're on and get yourself signed up to our weekly security newsletters to keep up with the latest in the industry. But thanks for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.